Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. Uh, Before we get into this week's episode, let's go ahead and do the housekeeping as usual, right? Uh, Guys, as soon as everything gets back on board, because we all know we've been on this hold for Michigan whatever, Uh, You know, all sports Michigan, let's just say. Because, you know, one dude walked into Schembechler Hall or any type of uh, area that that housed uh, Michigan athletics. And we had to close everything down because he had COVID of the English variety. Now, if we all know, anybody who's been to England knows that it's very pompous. It would have been a very pompous disease. It just wouldn't have hit anybody up. If you didn't drink tea and eat crumpets, you would have never gotten this form of COVID, which obviously our basketball team never tested positive for. So they don't espouse the whole uh, English breakfast or English crumpets type deal. So we would have avoided all that. But nevertheless, this is where we're at. So let's get into it. Now, housekeeping. Once everything's back going, YouTube will get back going. I'm sorry. I am not photogenic enough just to be throwing my fat face out there. So you can all just stare at me like some Michigan podcasts do. And we all know who he is. Big moon-faced white guy. Uh, anyways, hit me up on YouTube, IG, Facebook, uh Apple Podcasts, if you guys go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, rate and review. If you do both, hit me up on my DM, uh, tell me that you did it, because it usually takes a few days to be approved by Apple Podcasts. Make sure you didn't say anything crazy, you know what I mean? And uh, DM me with your name, your address, and I will send you a sticker. I know it's not much, or I'll send you a few stickers. It's still enough, and it's one of the more popular or the only thing that I've done. <laughs> so it's great stuff. Uh, so let's really just get into all of this, right? Um, I don't know. There's, like I've said, nothing's been going on. We've all talked about the coaching hires, what what they're going to mean to Michigan football. Is is this the last shot for Harbaugh? Blah blah, we get it, right? We're in a stat, like we're in like uh, a status of movement. We don't really know what's going on. Can these guys call plays? Can they not call plays? Oh my God, is this it for Harbaugh? Oh, can the culture be repaired? Oh my God, what is going on with Michigan football? And then we treat basketball like a redheaded stepchild, but like the most popular redheaded stepchild we've ever had so it's just normal everyday wear right we get very excited because now sean new is recruiting is this just don brown effing him over could he just have been a a a recruiting nova waiting to explode but don brown and his oldness just kept him down Oh, Ed Warner's a true asshole. We just found this all out. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Ed Warner, I have to be able to find this and post it because I saw this. Apparently some guy who worked with him at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, consider the source. It's Ohio State. But still, 
it seems very plausible. Ed Warner seems to be the biggest a-hole on this side or any side of the coast. It doesn't matter. East, west, uh, west coast, east coast, midwest, whatever you want to say. Ed Warner was a huge a-hole uh, to this one guy. I just I don't know if that's true. It's alleged, but but I'm I it all makes sense. Like, it literally all makes sense. If you see that, uh, what, one dude goes to Indiana, you choose to leave Michigan and go play for Indiana? If that doesn't tell you that Ed Warner's an asshole, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what does. It's crazy. I don't get that part. Uh, but let's, let, let's just get into something else. Okay. So, I've been listening, you know, I'm a fan, I'm a Michigan fan, and I really do like to support all Michigan podcasts if I can. Some of them I find ridiculous, right? Some of them I just, I they drive me insane, because we all know that, right? But there's a few that I really support, and one of them, I heard these guys, which I really usually enjoy listening to, comparing, they're like, hey... Is Tom Brady, if Tom Brady played today for us, would we uh, support him? Would we think that he is the GOAT that we all support now? Because obviously, he is the GOAT. There is no arguing that. Now listen, if you want to argue single uh, athlete sports to team athlete sports, you're you're ridiculous. You might have something wrong in your mind because you can't do that. As soon as there's one other person introduced into your sport that you have to work with, it it destroys the, the, the paradigm. Like Serena Williams, amazing, dominant, one of the more dominant athletes we've ever seen in our lives, but she never had to worry about anybody but herself. But herself. That changes the dynamic of winning. When you can control who you are, different than if you have to have a hand in controlling 5 to 12 to 53 people on your effing roster. Don't tell me about Serena Williams. She's fantastic. She was. She's one of the best single athlete sport players in the history of of sports, it you can't you can't argue it. She's amazing, amazing. But do not come with me like she's better than LeBron. Go fuck yourself. I'm not even a big LeBron fan, but still, she never had to worry about anyone other than herself. And LeBron or Jordan or Brady or any one of these other got Jordan. Any other one of these guys had to worry about someone else or numerous dudes on their team effing it up for the rest of them. Don't want to hear it. Stop it. And also, I, this may be very misogynistic, and I get it, but some dude who was ranked like 201 in like um, in tennis, men's tennis, took on both Williams sisters and dominated them. Look it up. I'm sure Google will show you. Dominated them. So, okay. Yeah. The best female athlete? Absolutely. Won't argue that. But let's, even if it's the single single sport athlete, nah, that's why I don't get into these arguments because it's dumb. Why are, you, why are we going to denigrate Serena Williams because she can't beat a man? 
And why why are we going to take away from Tom Brady or or Jordan or any of these other guys' greatness because they had numerous guys they had to count on compared to like Serena Williams or Pete Sampras or interject or interject any single athlete blah blah whatever right it's it's dumb it's stupid it shouldn't even be done right it just shouldn't. Just like I'm, I don't care if I get canceled for this, I'm not a fan of trans athletes going into female sports. I'm not a fan of it. I don't think that's right. I just don't. If you spent 30 years, 20 years, 5 years of your life as a male, it you are built differently. And you shouldn't be going up against normal, born and bred women. Women are special and they need to be they, they, they need to be promoted and they need to be taken care of and they need to be promoted in their own special way. Women's sports is a, is a fantastic thing to watch when it's real women going against real women. But when you've got a guy who just says, well, I can't compete against men and I'm going to go into female sports so I can be productive, I don't want to hear that. I just don't. The Fallon Foxes of the world, I don't want to hear it. I just don't. I don't because it takes away from Serena Williams. It takes away from the real greatness of real women. All right? Transgender, if you want to put them in their own category, fine. God bless them. If they want to be, if they were born a man, they want to be a woman, God bless them. I don't care what, or if they're a woman, they want to be a man. I don't care what they want to be. It makes no difference to me. But the biology matters. That's all I'm saying, and I'll get off of that before it gets too crazy. So, anyways... I heard this fantastic podcast that I normally love listening to. It Would we still love Tom Brady if he played now? And I was like, you guys are effing mentally challenged. And then I was like, there's no way they can be because I really enjoy them. I'm really listening to their point of view. So I was like, I got to do a, a deeper dig because I'll be honest. When you listen to this episode, they really don't go into the numbers. They give you baloney numbers. Right, they give you baloney stats to kind of fit how they feel, but still at the end of the day, it kind of fits how they feel. Okay, um, they said that right now, if Tom Brady played his ninety-eight, ninety-nine season with his stats that he had, we wouldn't be that excited about him. Now, for the most part, ninety-eight is probably true, but you have to realize Tom Brady didn't get all the snaps. He didn't get all the snaps like Shea Patterson did in 2019. He didn't get all the snaps like he did. I mean, okay, so the Wisconsin game, Shea Patterson didn't get the majority. Well, no, he still got the majority of the snaps. I mean, it's not even fair. Tom Brady had to share the majority of the snaps with the the second coming of Jesus Christ himself, Drew Henson, right? And when you have that, you can't compare the two. Like, here's the thing. Okay, so Tom Brady. We're only going to use the 99 season because there's a lot, weirdly, there's a, a strange correlation to Shea Patterson in the, ni- in the 2019 season and Tom Brady in the 1999 season. And you're going to see that in a second, okay? Now... Michigan in 2019 went nine and four with two key losses out of those four. I mean, two that will, that really play into this narrative, right? And it is my narrative. So if you like it, love it. If not, f off. I don't care. Um, 
So they were nine and four, but the two key losses were to Ohio State, where they lost fifty-six to twenty-seven, and then they lost to Alabama thirty-five to sixteen, which I think they were ahead of Alabama going into halftime sixteen to fourteen. I want to say I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I know we were ahead going into halftime because Num Nuts kicked like a fifty-eight yard field goal to make to put us ahead. Right? I think it was sixteen to fourteen. Anyways, so those were the last two teams that Shea Patterson played. Guess what? In 1999, going into 2000, obviously, Tom Brady played the same two last opponents. But what Tom Brady did was, in 1999, instead of going 9-4 like Shea Patterson did, he went, and in sharing, in sharing playing time, Okay, with where Drew Henson played nine games, nine games in 1999, nine games. I defy you to find a quarterback on the Michigan football team that played nine games in 2019. It didn't effing happen. It just didn't. And if you could say otherwise, you're a psychopath. Anyways, so in 1999, Michigan went 10 and 2, obviously, because we're always a 9 or 10 win team for the majority of our history. 99.9% of our history has been 9 or 10 wins. We've won 11 games five or six times in our history. Okay? So, anyways, the average, the par for the course, we went 10 for 2. But also, here's how we see things differently. If you want to compare Shea Patterson to Tom Brady, now the numbers strikingly, actually kind of favor Shea Patterson, which blew my effing mind. But we, one thing we don't do in football or in fandom or anything, we do not give two craps what your numbers are. All it matters are the wins. The wins. Who did you beat and how did you beat them? Even if it doesn't matter how you beat them, did you win? So in 2000, I mean in 1999, Tom Brady sharing the majority of the games with Drew Henson where he earned the monocle, the comeback kid, because Drew Henson would get in the game, fuck it up, and then Tom Brady would have to try and save him from his own bullshit. Um, Notably, the Michigan State game where we still lost, but still we were down 17 points. When Tom Brady came into the game, we lost 34-31 in, I think, Lansing. But still, fine, we lost. And losing the little brother irritates me more than anything. But anyways, 1999, we went 10-2. But we beat Ohio State 24-17, right? We beat Ohio State 24-17. And then we beat Alabama 35-34 in overtime. 35-34 in overtime. They were up 14-0, 28-14. We still came back. Tom Brady brought us back. We tied them, went into overtime, and won the game. And I was like, you know what? That's obvious, right? None of us should even be comparing that. I was like, ah, fuck that. Like, we're, we were running. I was screaming this in my car before I actually looked up the numbers. We're a running team before we were a passing team. I don't know if we were. I, I, I have to I have to take that back. I don't know if we were. Because when you look at this, right? Um, let's see if I can find this because I know I wrote it down. 
uh, the rushing attacks, right? In 2019, both, and I'm now I'm including both running backs, Charbonnet and Haskins. Charbonnet ran for 149 out of uh, four 726 yards rushing, and then Haskins rushed for 121 and 622 yards rushing. For uh, Charbonnet had 11 touchdowns, Haskins had four. Now, that comes out to 16 touchdowns, as we all know. And then it came out... Oh, shoot. 13-something-hundred yards, right? I, th I thought I wrote that down. Anyways, it came out to about 1350 on the rushing yards between the two, the two rushers. But then in 1999, we had A-Train, the main man. Ran for 283... 1,257 yards and 16 touchdowns. So he rushed for one more touchdown than both of the two guys in 2019 ran for. Um, they actually had more rushing attempts in 2019. So obviously they were a little bit more balanced in 2000. Well, actually kind of similar. They weren't more balanced. They were just in the same ballpark as we were. But the only difference between Shea Patterson and... And Tom Brady, as far as I could see, and I, trust me, I am the biggest Tom Brady fan in the world. The biggest. I love him to death. Um, is how he's seen is that we beat Ohio State and we came back and we beat Bama. Tom Brady had a thing for coming back and winning. Coming back and making players play better than what they were previously doing before. Shea Patterson didn't do that. Shea Patterson didn't have that thing about him. He he just didn't. He he couldn't. He wasn't a great leader. He didn't inspire people to play better. He just didn't. Now listen, maybe it was inside the coaching because as far as we are finding out right now, Ed Warner was a douche. Fucking uh, Don Brown refused to change what he knew. Right, he didn't. He refused to change anything that his calls, his whatever. It, it was all messed up. So maybe there was more things going on than we know, because obviously Michigan doesn't share shit with any of us. So you've got to read the tea leaves, and if you read them wrong, hey, that's just how it goes, because Michigan doesn't share jack shit. But from what I can tell is that the only real thing, the only real difference, right? And we'll go through the, the numbers because, okay, so now that Tom Brady shared time because, it well, we played, well, they went 10-2 and two in, in the season. What was it? Uh, they were 11-2, and two, I think, with the bowl game. That means, what, 13 games? So out of 13 games, nine of them he had to share with Drew Henson or didn't play at all because of Drew Henson. So when we put Drew Henson's stats, which aren't very impressive in 99, onto Brady's total, right? So Brady alone in 1999 played 11 games. He went 180, uh, 180 attempts, uh, 290, well, actually 180 uh, completions to nine, 295 attempts. 22, 17, like, yards, 16 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. So you add what Drew Henson had, which was 546 yards passing and 3 touchdowns and 2 interceptions. You get 27, 63, 19, and 8, right? Now, 
you look down at uh, Shea Patterson. And let's see if I can find... Oh, Shea Patterson. Here we go. Shea Patterson went for 214 381 You have three 3,061 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Okay, pretty close in general. Now, I would assume if you allowed Tom Brady to play those nine games without any interference with the slacker-ass Drew Henson that we all know who he is now, you would have gotten more yards. I think the yards would have been more impressive. But still, 19 touchdowns to Shea's 23. Okay, fine. I get it. And then even then, like we talked about, the rushing attacks were very similar, right? So the only thing that I really say that we see is different is that Tom Brady won in his senior year the games that he had to win, the Ohio State game and the Alabama game, which was the bowl game. So back in the day, the bowl game was way more important than it is today. So there were, in that season, I, and I even think he beat uh, Notre Dame that season. Um, so the reason why Brady, looking over my notes, the reason why Tom Brady got the comeback kid was he trailed Penn State by 10. We ended up winning. He trailed Michigan State by 17. We came back. And we lost by three. He trailed Alabama 14 nothing, then 28-14, came back and won in overtime. Um, I think we played Notre Dame that year, and I think we beat them. I think. I could be absolutely wrong. I didn't pay attention to that, and I should have. I know we lost to, to Notre Dame in 2098. Uh, we lost to Notre Dame, Syracuse, Ohio, and we beat Arkansas in the Rose Bowl. Um but when, in 99, since that's the only season we're comparing, because 98 to 18 would still be similar, um, he did, he won the games he had to win. And coming back from 17 to barely lose to Michigan State to where it really didn't hurt our overall ranking, to me, it still hurt. I hate losing to Michigan State. I hate losing to Michigan State more than I hate losing to Ohio State. But because he beat Ohio State and Alabama in the bowl game, we think of Tom Brady more. And, I mean, he he just he made things better. I remember watching those games. I remember noticing the way the team played every time he stepped onto that field. It was different. I don't know how or why Lloyd Carr buckled to the Drew Henson hype. I don't. I don't get it. But Tom Brady should have been straight up the the starter in 99 and 98 without Henson playing whatsoever. In 98, even Henson played seven games. Seven games! Like, how do you feel good as a starter if you're Tom Brady, if your backup's playing seven games in 98 and frickin' uh, nine games in 99? You don't feel good. You don't feel solidified. You don't feel safe. But people are, and then also, since we covered that, I don't know if that was even remotely covered, if you guys understood what I said. <laughs> if I said anything, I still pick Tom Brady. You give me Tom Brady over, or you give me Tom Brady or Shea Patterson, college level. I'm not talking about where they're at now. 
college level, I'm still picking Tom Brady. Because every time Tom Brady walked on that field, I knew we had a chance to win. I saw every game of those seasons. Every time Shea Patterson was on that field, I didn't know what the F was going to go on. I just didn't. And I'll tell you, I wasn't sure that Shea Patterson was going to lead us to anything. Okay? I just wasn't. Um, But there was a question that this one podcast also said, is Tom Brady comparable to McCarthy, right? Which quarterback is Tom Brady comparable to at his college level? And it's not Joe Milton because he didn't, he doesn't have the athletic gifts that Joe Milton has, even though Joe Milton, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I, I still hope the best for him. I really do. Because when you see Joe Milton on, it's impressive. But anyways, let's get back to the real thing. So out of the three quarterbacks we have now, who's the most comparable to Tom Brady out of the three we have? It's not McCarthy. Because Tom Brady was the most was not the most gifted quarterback coming out of high school, right? He was a three star. He barely got on with Michigan, and I think when he was on there, he was a seventh. I don't even know how they had seven quarterbacks. Like, that's crazy. We have like Four, I think, right? I think we have four, and that's a mind blower to me. So seven, like that's bonkers. But anyways, he wasn't even in the top two or three. Um, I would say it's Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara is is Tom Brady. He absolutely is. When he comes in, he plays well against Wisconsin. Played extremely well. Led us to our only scoring drives in Wisconsin against Wisconsin. Then uh, when Milton stunk up the joint against Rutgers, Rutgers, by the way, he came in and led us back to a win. And then against Penn State, when first drive moved us right down. We score a touchdown. He gets hurt. He got hurt. That's why it annoys the F out of me when I hear people like, well, our quarterbacks really didn't live up to what they were supposed to. Hey, mother effer, Joe Milton had plenty of chance to do something. Cade McNamara got hurt. Like, how are you judging a kid who got hurt? Physic, like, visibly hurt. Like, you could see him coming off, and it looked like his shoulder was dragging to the ground. And last time I checked, he wasn't some freaking uh, Neanderthal that just had long-ass arms. His shoulder was obviously separated, and he's still playing the game. Like, Cade McNamara cares about winning, cares about team, cares about being the best he can be. He is the modern-day Michigan version of Tom Brady. Cade McNamara. Look it up. Watch the film. It is obvious. Cade McNamara and Tom Brady at Michigan are one in the effing same. Now, if Cade McNamara can stay... And then also, look at this. Cade McNamara, the presumed starter next year, because we all know Joe Milton, a flash in the pants, not going to do anything, probably going to, after the, after the spring game or spring practice, he's probably going to transfer somewhere else and do nothing. So... Cade McNamara has got the god of football coming in after him, which Tom Brady did. So McCarthy is Drew Henson. Now, God forbid that I do not hope that McCarthy becomes Drew Henson because 
well, actually, I wish he could become the Drew Henson that realized he loved football instead of dicking around with baseball, right? If Drew Henson was just just completely focused on football, we could have had something. Drew Henson and David Tyrell, unbelievable freaking offensive punch. But no. Oh, I'm Drew Henson. Oh, I'm the best guy who ever played football. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to play baseball because no one appreciates me. That's not what McCarthy is. McCarthy is one of the better recruiters. And he's a child. He's going to be a great quarterback. He's going to be everything Michigan fans wanted Drew Henson to be. So, Cade McNamara is Tom Brady, Michigan level. Then you've got Kate, then you've got uh, McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy, who is the ideal Drew Henson. This is the much better situation than we've ever been in. Ever been in. Right? And this is perfect for us. I have high hopes for both of these two guys. I'm going to give a complete uh, position breakdown soon, but I'm just—I just wanted to draw a few comparisons, and I hope I did that today in this in this podcast. I really did. I hope you enjoyed this because uh, I really did. I think this was fantastic. This was one of my more fun podcasts because I love it when I listen to other podcasts and they piss me off, and I'm like. I gotta prove them wrong. And then I start looking into the numbers. I start delving into it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't. Now, listen, it's uneducated, but they threw a dart at the wall and they actually hit the board. Hey, good for them. That's awesome. And it got me to actually define their uneducated statements. It was awesome. It was awesome. I love those. I love those podcasts. I love it because. Just because they live in Ann Arbor or because they live in somewhere in Michigan, they feel like they're a better podcast and they're lazy. And that's fantastic. I love that. Because that means me, somebody who actually loves the program and knows what's going on, can jump deep into the numbers and help them when they're uneducated. You know what I mean? Like that uncle who just spouts off conspiracy theories because he really doesn't know what's going on. And you can just be like, hey, uncle, listen to this. Here are some facts. Go tell your friends. Maybe you can impress some people, right? And, and, and it helps me, too, be like, well, maybe conspiracy conspiracy theories are kind of, li- like, real, right? Because I thought they were full of shit when they were like, ah, Brady didn't do that well. And I was like, oh, they're a running team first. They really weren't. They were actually more progressive back in the day than I thought they were. So I thank those uneducated podcasts for helping me be a better podcast. So it's great. Um but guys, seriously, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. The basketball team's coming back soon. We're going to be playing Wisconsin, I think, this Sunday. So I'll have a reaction episode then. I, and I'll i actually put that on YouTube. So guys, get those YouTube numbers up. Woo, woo. Because we all know you guys love the reaction episodes. You fucking love them. So let's start boosting those numbers. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you all. You've been fantastic. Um, Like I always say, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, go blue.